The talent on this year's Gophers basketball team should lead to a better season. We'll talk about why, including the year two leap and what it could look like for some of these freshmen out there. But the real question is, how does Ben Johnson keep his seat cool? You are locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Uh, Golden Gophers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. But in the summer, we've switched it up a little bit. We've toned it down just for June and July, and we'll step it back up at the end of July into August, five days a week, Monday through Friday. Once again, right now, we're on that schedule of Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Saturday. Now, yesterday is Saturday. We didn't get one up, but that's because I wanted to get this one up today with the Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the Gophers fans that listen out there and are dads or are going to be dads. Congratulations to y'all. Happy Father's Day and enjoy that one. Now, we're hopefully starting that Father's Day off with some great news because we've got a couple commits for the Gophers football team this morning. We're not going to dive into it today because I'm hopeful there will be a few more to talk about as well. So we're going to jive dive into that this week on our first show on Tuesday. We'll talk about what the additions bring to the squad as well as what positions they'll play and maybe some others that we can anticipate having decisions for us in the upcoming weeks. So definitely hit subscribe on YouTube so you don't miss any of that convo. But we're talking about the Hoops team today, and today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. Today we're talking about the Hoops team and why this Gophers team should, keyword and stress on should, be more inept, more, or not inept, more uh, set up for success and mesh better in 2023-2024. Look, the first reason that that needs to happen, should happen, and is set up to happen is because all the veteran players' games complement the focal point of Dawson Garcia, who is probably going to be the lead scorer, the guy that this thing is kind of built around. Now, the offense itself might not be geared towards one player playing through a star of sorts, but more so having a flow to it. But I think that flow is going to play from the inside out like we saw in spurts last season. That flow is going to incorporate the pick and roll game, which we saw towards the end of the year with Talon Cooper and Dawson Garcia, Talon Cooper and Pharrell Payne. I think we're going to see a lot more of that pick and roll game. We're going to see a lot more working the ball from inside the post to outside post touches from the uh the bottom of the, on the block up to the top of the key um, between Pharrell Payne and Dawson Garcia at moments every player not just the veteran players but every player on this team is set to fit better with Dawson Garcia which should help the Gophers lean into more success now how are they fitting better I can say that all I want but what makes them fit better Well, we saw the post-to-post touches with Dawson Garcia and Pharrell Payne towards the end of the year last year, and that started to generate ball movement, started to generate uh, 
different actions within the offense, whether that be using Pharrell Payne or Dustin Garcia, whoever's at the top of the key as a screener, but then funneling the ball back into them and back outside to the other wing, whether that involved uh, a top of the top of the key post or top of the key big swinging it down to a block big and getting some movement down there. There was all sorts of different creation points within the offense. When you had the two posts working in those two different zones and having the comfort, the comfortability to have both of those posts up at the top of the key and getting funneled in the offense. But the biggest thing is the three point game. You're talking about Elijah uh, Hawkins and, Mike Mitchell Jr. both having a 44 plus percentage shooting percentage from deep. I think it was uh, Mike Mitchell Jr. might have been 44%. Elijah Hawkins could have been 46%. Could have flipped those. I absolutely saw the graphic the other day, but I didn't necessarily write it down for this show. So both of those guys are shooting 44% or better from three last season. They've showed that they're able, capable to knock down the threes on multiple tries per game. I think we're going to see more three-point shooting. I think between those two, between Braden Carrington, maybe even Cam Christie, Caden Betts, Isaiah Enan, others are going to be spread out for those post-to-post touches to be able to swing the ball across from right to left, inside to outside if they get doubled down. They're going to have open shooters, and the Gophers didn't have the ability to knock down those shots last year. Jameson Battle shot worse from three. Braden Carrington had struggles at times finding his shot. There were moments where every Gopher on this team really, really struggled from three. Now you bring in two guys who consistently knock that down, and hopefully a year two Braden Carrington, who's going to be more in his confidence, more understanding the game, slowing down a bit more for him, and the opportunity to knock down more threes is going to be huge for the style of play that the Gophers want to get into. So that's one reason why the team should be better. Better shooting dis, uh, from deep statistically. The veteran games should complement more because I didn't even mention how Hawkins and Mitchell both can play in that pick and roll game with Pharrell Payne, with Dawson Garcia, with others to get that offense flowing and not so stagnant like we saw in the last season. And then you add those things on top of players that play more of a style of basketball and less iso ball more self-efficient creating those type of players like we saw in Jaden Jameson Battle or Jaden Henley, the guys that need to create on their own as opposed to in the flow of it. The only guys on this Gophers roster that maybe have that ability are Caden Betts and Cam Christie. Both of them are younger guys and will learn to be complementary players and find their shots within the system before it is asked of them to create, to do ISO, to do, uh, it's on my shoulders to create a bucket or find a shot. They're going to be asked to be more complimentary, fit into the flow of things, come off of screens and find their shots before they are ever asked to create on their own. That's going to be huge. It's not taking the ball or the taking the movement, taking the air out of the basketball because we're dribbling too much or we're not moving the ball or we're not being consistent with it. It's going to be big time that they can come along and then naturally find more opportunities as they get older to create in the more isolation opportunities. Now, that all that being said, the biggest reason why this team should mesh better is because they have more returning production than Coach Ben Johnson has ever 
had. And that's going to be big time for the Gophers because you have somewhat of consistency. You have guys that understand how he wants to play. And now that they're kind of learned, kind of up to speed, hopefully we can get right to it without the learning curve. Since only two of these guys are really young and one of the two that are very young and shouldn't know it has been practicing in the system for a year in Caden Betts. So he does know it. he's been doing it in practice. He just hasn't been able to put it in the game. That means you have one true freshman that doesn't know what he's fully getting into when it comes to the collegiate level of the game, when it comes to the speed of the game, when it comes to breaking down film, when it comes to what you're looking for in the different facets of being a college or college basketball division one player. So that's going to be huge, the production coming back, because you're talking about heading into year one as a coach. Coach Ben Johnson had two players returning from the prior year from the prior Gophers roster. One went down with ACL. One player played 15 plus minutes. Those two players were Eric Curry and Isaiah Enan. Now, Curry obviously got in there, was playing 15 plus minutes a game. I believe it was just north of 15 minutes a game. So uh, not as huge of minutes on the floor as maybe what you would need with a whole brand new refresh roster, but not a ton of guys coming back from that team. You head into year two. We had five players this past season returning Two went down with ACLs before they were ever able to play a game. Solely one player of those five played with 15 or more minutes per game. And that was Jameson battle in the North of 34 minutes per game. Otherwise you had Trayton Thompson who averaged, I believe like eight minutes a game or 11 minutes a game somewhere in there. Isaiah Enan, who uh, wasn't able to play because of the ACL. Parker Fox wasn't able to play because of the ACL. And then Will Ramberg got some minutes last year as well, but wasn't able to crack that north of 15 minutes per game. So one real key player that returned into that year two. Now you talk about heading into year three. We've got seven players returning. Everyone is healthy as of now. Cross your fingers, knock on some wood. But four players return with 20 plus minutes of production. And that is what is huge for this Gophers basketball team. Dawson Garcia, north of 30 minutes. Pharrell Payne, 22 minutes. Braden Carrington, 20 minutes. Joshua Joseph, 22 minutes. You've got Will Ramberg, who has played and started in minutes as well. Isaiah Aiden and Parker Fox are both back. Hopefully they'll be healthy enough to play this year. And they've been in the system for two, three years now to know what coach is asking for. Now they just need to get in on the court and start to put it into practice. So overall, the production coming back for this Gophers team is unlike anything Coach Ben Johnson has had thus far. But will it be enough to keep the seat cool? We're going to talk about that later in the show. But first, let's talk about what a year two leap could look like from the three freshmen coming back from last year's class. That's what's coming up next. First, we got to talk about our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel is has a new... Uh, Promo running for its new customers. New customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. All you got to do is head on over to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. I would recommend taking advantage of the Heisman odds because now is the best time you're going to get them. Why is that? Because no football is being played for the next two months, which means that it won't shift too much. So if you go out there and you have a gut feeling, you see the odds and there's one or two players that really stand out that you think will leap their names into the conversation of the final four to be a finalist and give you a 25% chance at winning that Heisman and hitting on your bet. If you can see a sleeper dark horse candidate, now's the time to head on over to 
FanDuel.com and really take advantage of that line. I told you mine for this year are Marvin Harrison and Spencer Rattler. I like the odds of where they're at, and I think they could sneak their names into the conversation. You could do the same over at FanDuel.com slash on for your first bet. And if you end up losing, you'll get to up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. FanDuel.com, official partner of Locked On. All right, Gophers fans. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Golden Gophers your first listen when it comes to Gophers Daily Sports and keeping up with it. I love the feedback that I've been getting all over socials as far as Twitter, on YouTube comments, even some emails that have come through. I appreciate you. I thank you for making the Lockdown Golden Gophers your first listen when it comes to Gophers Daily Sports and being in every day or even though we don't have them going every single day right now, I know you'll be there when we get back to that Monday through Friday grind at the end of the month where we're talking all the breakdowns of football. We'll talk about positional depth charts and all of that. So if that piques your interest, if you are a die-hard Gopher fan, be sure to hit subscribe over on YouTube. Start jumping in the conversation, chatting it up with some of the other fellow Gophers lovers, and also be able to follow wherever you get your podcast. But let's talk about the year two guys in this basketball season. Now, what could a year two leap look like for the three true freshmen we had last year that are returning? I say three because, as you know, Jaden Henley officially transferred. I believe he ended up at DePaul, so he is no longer in that class of four freshmen. And then, of course, Caden Betts was a red shirt. I'm counting him more towards the next year's class with Cam Christie. That'll be his first opportunity to hit the floor. But we got three true freshmen back that played a lot of minutes last year. And I think they're going to have a year two leap. They're going to have a better production. And why is that? Because there will be less mistakes and less second guessing. That means more instinctiveness. And that, that right there, folks, is the key to the Gophers hopefully winning more games next season because it should allow the offense to hopefully look more cohesive in what Coach Ben Johnson intended for it to be. Now, I think back to when the Gophers played Ohio State. Now, I know they walked away with a dub, but if you listen to what Coach Ben Johnson was saying in that mic'd up the entire full game where we got to listen to him in the huddles, when they were on the court, in the locker rooms, what he's asking of the players, the adjustments that he was asking for them to be made, it seemed like it was the right thing to do. It was the right process. It was the right Uh, considerations to make the right on-the-fly adjustments. But we were playing with a lot of young guys. We were playing with a lot of new faces, and they were still learning how to funnel and function in the different roles because Coach Ben Johnson's offense is set to be more complex. Now, the complexity should hopefully eventually lead to it being more seamless once you have a rotation of experienced guys, guys coming into the system, they're learning it, but the experienced guys can keep it going until they're up to speed. That's how it's built, but you need a foundation for that. And when we don't have returning players, you don't have that foundation to get it because you're reteaching it each and each year. So you look at this year, if we have more instinctiveness, when you have Joshua Joseph who can play from the three or play from the four, sometimes in the small ball, play from the five positioning when you call a certain play if he doesn't know how to run it as a five and he's on the floor but he's as the five then the play won't function how it needs to but if you make an adjustment on the fly and you're like okay josh you run it from the four well who else knows it from the five is there somebody on the floor that can run that or if he's on the floor and he's running as a four but you call the play and he's the only one who knows it from the three 
you see where the complexities can be because Coach Ben Johnson wants to play positionless basketball, but you can't do that until guys are up to speed and know the different roles and how they fit in and where they're plugged and played with the right people on the court. That will take time. And unfortunately, the Gophers didn't have the time last year because they needed the freshmen to play minutes because the new faces were still getting warmed up to it, too. They were still getting the understanding of the offense. There was so much learning happening in the live game action. It wasn't set to be succeed. You head into year two, you head in with seven players returning, you head in with four players who have played over 20 plus minutes, and now you should start to see more success in the area. Should. Again, being the key word there. So Pharrell Payne, who had 30 games played last year, 22 minutes, 8.2 points per game, 5.2 rebounds, 1.3 assists, 1.1 blocks per game last year. For Payne, I expect his minutes to tick up 28 minutes a game probably, maybe even more than that. 28 plus is what we'll say. Now his scoring will increase, I believe. But his scoring has to be more consistent. There were games last year where Pharrell Payne was putting up 17, 18 points. And you're like, dang, this dude is a beast on the inside. They can't stop him. He's jamming it in there. His post moves are good. He's got some nice footwork. Even though he's shorter than some of these centers out there, physically, they can't hang with him. Now, you head into a year two offseason with a big man like that who now has played and understand what's it, what it takes. Yes, he is going to work on his game and hopefully have the more minutes, but also get in the games more often because hopefully he's not having as much foul trouble. That more increased playing time should help lead to more consistent scoring. So the games that were more eight-point games, seven-point games for him in scoring where he averaged 8.2 points a game, gets up to more of that 11 to 12 consistently on a night, and then maybe he gets a couple 20 games spread out in there, 18 games spread out in there. So his scoring should go up. Now, typically a Big Ten squad would have three or four double-digit scorers in on their roster, on their team each given season. I absolutely expect Pharrell Payne to be one of those three to four double-digit scorers. Now, rebounding is also likely to increase as well since his offseason – He will work on getting stronger. He's going to work on positioning. He's going to work on footwork and not getting into foul trouble. Like I said, that hopefully means being on the floor longer and putting himself into better positions. That way he can get more boards. I would guess he'd get more towards the seven rebounds per game as opposed to the 5.2 we saw last season. Now, his assists, steals, they'll likely stay around that similar area. Those aren't things he's really being asked to do, but the blocks could slightly increase. Last year, we saw 1.1 blocks per game from Pharrell. I think that you could maybe see that tick up to 1.5. Maybe he's getting more of two block games throughout the season. That helps bring that average up. But if all of that happens, you could possibly expect Pharrell Payne and his name to be in the conversation for a Big Ten honorable mention type player. That could be huge for the Gophers, especially with a young guy in himself being able to do that. So that's what I expect for a year two from him. You move over to Braden Carrington. Games played 22 games, 20 minutes per game, 5.9 points, 3.6 rebounds, 0.5 steals, 0.2 blocks per game. Now Carrington, in my opinion, could be the perfect rotational player for the Gophers if he buys into a role in year two. 
between him and Josh Ola Joseph, honestly, I think they could be the best defenders on this team. Now, Carrington, in my opinion, think of a young Marquette Jimmy Butler or a Chicago Bulls early years Jimmy Butler, where he's asked to take on the best defensive matchups and make his open opportunities. He wasn't looked to as a scorer. They're not trying to create buckets for Jimmy, but as they come open, as they are open, take them and make them. But the biggest thing was taking and neutralizing an opponent's best player, especially on the perimeter in Braden Carrington's position. Now, as he gets older and gets more experienced, that's when they start to ask you to be able to score more, to be able to create more, to hit more opportunities, to funnel plays to you to get baskets. And that's the same development we saw from Butler over the years at Marquette. That is what I think would be ideal for Braden Carrington. So if you let him be more of a lockdown perimeter defense, be that specialist who takes a player away and knocks down his threes, that could be huge in year two. And I think his scoring could stay right around that six points where it was at last year. But I could see increases and big increases at that in rebounds per game and steals per game. He would be the perfect three and D player for this roster in year two. Possibly a similar play style is what we saw from Gabe Kalsher, but possibly on less minutes. Honestly, I could see his minutes remaining right around that 20 minutes per game. And if he becomes a perimeter defender who can shut down a guy and take away an opponent's star, like uh, what we have coming back in Illinois' guard coming back, or what we have in some of, maybe he's take asked to take on Jameson Battle versus Ohio State. Moving forward, we need someone who can take away or neutralize a player on a defense as a specialist. If he can become that guy, his minutes will tick up. Finally, the last freshman that we got to talk about heading into year two, Josh Ola Joseph, 31 games played, 22 minutes a game, 7.4 points per game, 2.7 rebounds per game, and 0.4 assists per game. Now, he's definitely the hardest to guess projection-wise of what it looks like for production. I believe he is a player who will likely see around 25 minutes a game, so a slight tick up from what he saw last year. He'll play both the three and the four, could possibly see a healthy amount of minutes at the four with the size of this roster, but the numbers, especially in the scoring department, will really depend on if he can open up his game and be more confident in his jumper. Now, Josh Ola Joseph shot the basketball at a solid 54.5% from the field. That is great. But a lot of that was coming inside in the paint, slashing or of the sort. On top of that, he shot 38% from deep, but he only attempted 21 threes on the entire season. If he can gain confidence in his three-point shot, if he can gain confidence in his elbow and mid-range jumpers and find his spots on the floor where he can knock down, pull up and knock down, it's going to be huge for him. Because it makes teams respect his jump shot. It makes teams cover him. Sometimes they would play off, especially if he was behind the three-point line. If they have to come up, play tight defense on him, that will allow him to move the ball and slash harder and beat people with his speed and athleticism to get the ball on a backdoor cut, to get the ball inside. And it will make him more of a scoring threat and open up his entire offensive game. He could be one of those double-digit scorers that we talked about, but it depends on the jumper and developing confidence and consistency with it. Now, if he is going to be playing more of the four, the rebounds have to. Absolutely no question, no no compromise. The rebounds have to get better than 2.7 per game. That's not going to get it done playing heavy four minutes. But 
his effort is something I always enjoyed last season. He always puts it all out there. When he plays aggressive, it is a thing to watch. So I think as he gets more confident, his upside is very high. Positioning, footwork, strength, keep improving there, and he could be a five-rebound-a-game type player minimum. So that's what we're looking at for year two leaps from these guys. But I want to close the show with some quick talk on what Ben Johnson can do to keep his seat cool. We're talking about that coming up next. All right, Gophers fans, we're wrapping this one up with some quick talk on Coach Ben Johnson because I feel like every Gopher fan out there, whether you're fully on board or fully not, there's been the question of what keeps Coach Ben Johnson's seat cool. This is a topic every Gophers fan has in the back of their mind, whether you love him, whether you dislike him, whether you think he doesn't have enough experience, whether you think he hasn't got a fair shake with all the turnover and the transfers and whatnot, even if you're somewhere in the middle of all of that, no matter where you are on that spectrum, you have asked yourself that one question of, is Coach Ben Johnson going to be the coach moving forward, or is he someone that will get replaced? And it's a major question, but what are the things he has to do to keep that seat cool and get more opportunities to build what he is looking for? That is the huge thing. I find myself more in the center on that spectrum. I think that experience could help, but it's not there right now. But I also think he hasn't had the production, like we said earlier in the show, to get the system that he wants to run down. So the biggest things that he's going to need is buy-in from these guys because they buy into the committed to family. They buy into the culture that is present there. But we need buy-in on the floor because when the Gophers team showed up last year and they showed up and they're like, look, we're some dogs. We're going to scrap. We're going to dive for balls. We're going to play hard, no defense. We're going to get the deflections. We're going to turn deflections into steals. We're going to push the pace. We're going to run the system. We're going to move the ball from left to right, inside to outside. When they did those things, and I think of the Indiana game as a key staple in that front where they're missing Dawson Garcia, where they're missing a bunch of players. They only have six or seven scholarship players on the roster. Josh Ola Joseph gets somewhat dinged up in that game. They're really only playing six players. And at that, the second half, they really only played five players the entire second half. And yet they came down to the wire with Indiana, put themselves in the conversation the whole time. Players were gritting, grinding, and scrapping. That is what we need from this Gophers team each and every night. That is one way for that seat to cool down because when you see that motivated Gophers team play, even if they lose by five points, by two points, by six points, by three points, in those tight contested battles where they're in it down to the wire regardless the entire game, that's where you see improvement. That's where you see impassion. That's where you see fire, desire, and you can see the growth and trajectory. So buy-in on the court is especially defensively, is the first step to keeping that seat cool. Because when the Gophers put it together with their length, with their athleticism, with their speed, they can get it done. And as the shots start to fall, because cold streaks were huge for the Gophers last season, cold streaks were where the games pulled apart because they'd start missing some shots. The the missing would turn into seven minutes of missing, and then the other team pulls away and leads. Well, if you're playing scrappy, gritty defense and you find ways to get easier buckets, two or three of them in there, you're you're keeping it within three points, four points, even when you're cold. 
So the buy-in, especially defensively, is the first way to keep the seat cool. The second one is getting above or at even 500. That is going to be huge. You've got to get some winning done. You cannot be a Big Ten seller dweller. We've done it twice in a row now, two years, back to back. I had a conversation with a couple Gophers fans the other day, and they're like, even if we can get to 12th, or, but we can't even get to 12th right now within the conference. Shoot, we can't even get to 13th right now in the conference. So you have to get out of that seller position. You cannot be the worst team in the Big Ten. If you are, said and done, it's a wrap. It is. No matter how much you like the guy, no matter how much he hasn't got a fair shake, if you get two, three straight years of being the worst of the worst in the Big Ten, regardless of effort, regardless of skill and talent, regardless of recruiting, it's going to be a wrap. So you got to get out of the cellar. You've got to get closer to 500. Put your name into the conversation for a team that could maybe make a run at the NIT or if you can really make it click and get a very late seat in the tournament, that will be huge. That seat will be cool because the project or the 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 progression will have been seen and met. And then expectations will start to tick up as you continue to move forward. It doesn't mean the seat will be ice cold, you're chill, you're good. It means it will have cooled down. So those are two two huge factors, buy-in on the defensive front and then also getting closer to 500, winning some more games. But those games can't just be non-conference games. They That will help. Don't get me wrong. But you got to win more Big Ten games. And the final thing that I think he's got to do to cool down that seat is have some major recruiting wins. Now, we've got some nice talent out there coming this way. We've got the class of 2024 with two promising Minnesota prospects that are keeping them home, but we've also lost out on some Minnesota prospects that people are still upset about. But when you get a big fish, like we saw with our seven foot one prospect who will not be named, and then he heads off to a different school, we got to find ways to keep him here. We got to find ways to get one of those top 100 guys, one of the top 50 guys, get them to commit and stay. Now, that comes with winning, that comes with success, that comes with identity. If you become one of those scrappy teams that everyone out there sees it, that every Big Ten team out there, even though your record might be in the middle of the pack, every big team sees your name on the schedule and they says, ooh, this is going to be a dogfight, this is going to be a grinder. You get that mentality, you get the winning up, those guys will start to buy in with the relationships that Coach Ben Johnson has already shown he can make with these prospective athletes. Those are the three ways he can keep his seat a little bit cooler. That's going to do it for us today at Lockdown Golden Gophers. I appreciate you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts and over on YouTube. We're almost to 1,000 subscribers, folks. I love it. I appreciate you. Row the boat. Sky, you might go gophers. Always here from Kane Rob at Lockdown Golden Gophers. But don't forget. 